This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Pop. I'm Sal, and with me is Joel, caped Joel, and Joel from Hello. Comic Book Cast. Uh, if you mm -hmm. haven't already, you should definitely check out in the description box below this video uh, to subscribe to Joel's solo show. It's uh, Kate yes, to Joel. Please. Uh, Kate dash Joel. I don't know. It's it's down there. So just it, 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 it is a dash because I'm trying to rip off Spider Man and I'm trying to be very clever by putting punctuation. That in hyphen there. it has dogged him forever. I remember my <laughs> my comic book retailer has been like pushing for them to drop the hyphen it, and I'm like, no, his name isn't Leroy Spiderman, who also sells like State Farm insurance. He's Spider Man, just like Batman originally had a hyphen, like the old Batman yeah. titles, Batman, because it's like it's not. A Batman. <laughs> but despite, he could be. You know, he yeah, could despite, be Batman. Despite what Bane says in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, Batman. Mm, Batman. Oh. I, I don't know if you've been keeping up with Superman, but uh, obviously because he's not like Superman anymore. He can't be Clark Kent anymore. He's had to ditch that identity. Yeah. You know what he's calling himself now? Mm -hmm. Do you know what he's calling himself now? No, I have now? no idea. Guess? He's calling himself John Clark. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, know, right? And DC is like, whatever. Put him back in the cape and end it. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm John Clark now. I'm yeah. going to get a lot of use out of this. Me and my buddy Jack Batlin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Thank you. Ja yeah, Jack Batlin. Thank you. Superman took his own Jack Batlin name is he what sure he did. took. And people will remember it, I'm sure, just as fondly as Daredevil Falls in Grace. Hey, remember that time. Which is funny because they've only mentioned this other name in the pages of Batman Superman. They haven't mentioned it in any of the other books, which I'm I shocked. find funny. <laughs> uh, but today's topic is actually, since uh, we're, we're taking up the Weekly Pulls time slot right now, but we're not taking their space, I didn't want to go that dark with it and be like, hey, <laughs> we're just we're just taking over. It's Weekly Pulled Comic Pop, Joel, Cape Joel takeover time now. But uh, no, if you are tuning in here expecting to see the Weekly Pull, I'm sorry to say you will be disappointed because uh, Rob, Benny, and Faust are all unavailable. And so I figured, why not just do this? Uh, Might as well. I mean, we, we were probably going to do this tomorrow. Exactly. The no, the, I, was, I was planning on tomorrow being the show. So what the hell? You get an, you get an early show. Yeah, and this is actually better for me, too, because Wednesday is, is obviously my review day over on Comic Book Cast when we try and review every single thing that comes out. Oh, man. Yeah, that is an undertaking. It uh, is. That, that That's why we have 20 people who work for us. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's why you have an army. Mm. Uh, yeah, Wednesday actually didn't was um, was going to work out, but I was like, I, I liked to have the leeway because uh, Tiffany has wor off work, so we're just going to like hang out. Oh, that's um, nice. That's yeah. nice. Plus, I mean, you know, t uh, taking the weekly pulls time slot, hey, come watch us, everybody. Yeah. It's at least two of the people you like. <laughs> we already have two thumbs down, so what? <laughs> so, so at least two people don't like us. Two We're people are like, not weekly poll, unsubscribed. 
I'm like, fair enough, man. Sorry, but that's uh, fine. The other we reason, wear that. yeah, but the other reason why I figured it would be inappropriate to talk about the weekly poll is because, or beyond the weekly poll, is because today's topic is actually '90s cartoons, mm, and it's oh, so yeah. it's so categorically not comics, but in the same wheelhouse. I figured, what the hell, we'll talk about it. Because arguably, some of the best comic book animated series ever came out true. in that. Can't time. argue with that. Uh, I, I asked in the previous episode t- for the chat to give us some of their picks. I wrote down a couple. Uh, Joel and I probably have our favorites, and some of them probably will not coincide with those. But I did make it, <laughs> I will make an effort to at least address them in some way. Now, I, I watched a lot of yeah. TV in the '90s, like a lot. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. You no, know, I, I don't think they can stump me. I doubt there's a show on there that can stump me. Oh no! Oh no! There was no attempt to stump. It was all just shows that. And trust me, like my yeah, when I grew up. Yeah, let's talk about our experience watching 90s cartoons. And in the comments below, I'm sure you can do the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, or actually on the side right now, but in the comments if you're watching this after the fact. Uh, our My origins in watching 90s cartoons is simply just it was Saturday morning and they were on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was actually a good segue from the 80s when I also would watch cartoons in the in the morning on Saturdays. Um, my parents were very much of the mindset that I should be outside and doing more. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they really pushed that, and I had to take those awful, like, required weekend sports that uh, that you're, that so many of uh, so many of our ilk were subjected to early on in our careers. Um, and I always was like, oh boy, a rain day, or oh boy, I quit the team and don't have to deal with this anymore <laughs> so I can finally watch this again. But uh, the '90s was when I was like, I don't think it's ever gonna stop. I don't think like I, this this gravy train is never gonna come into the station. When they made a big guy and rusty animated series, I know, right? I was like, oh my god, this is the time to be alive. Little would I realize that not maybe like 20 years later they would make an Avengers movie. I know, right? But back then, like we had our we we had our uh, our comic book related joys. Uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously we had. Pretty much our soap opera, which was the X Men animated series. Oh, of course, we could of talk course. About that because that was like ninety two, no ninety four, I think. Uh, where they just pretty much, I, I don't know who the hell was in charge back then, but someone at Fox Kids is like, I just want you to take these classic X Men arcs and just do it. Yep, just do them, just do them all. And, and like, I, I and I want to start from the like Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, 1992 X-Men era, and just go from there. So the X-Men team, you know, the original X-Men, of course, being Angel, Iceman, Cyclops, Marvel Girl, and Beast, uh, and Professor X, you know, like so many people grew up not even having any idea about Iceman or Angel or like, uh, just... I don't know. It, it, their original X-Men were people like Jubilee and Gambit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who were big at the time. And who still, I think, are coasting on that love even to this day. Mm-hmm. Unquestionably so. Uh, definitely Gambit. Um, yeah. I will also say, one of the things that caught my eye recently when watching, when, when reviewing it, was uh, in the opening credits, which has, I think, one of the arguably top five greatest animated series theme songs ever oh, oh yeah <laughs> so much so that when uh when days future past came out somebody made like a 60s like classical music version of it overlaid, oh wicked overlaying like a manchurian candidate opening credit sequence i was like this is freaking amazing like mm-hmm. way to go guys uh but yeah uh but over that crawl 
when Gambit came up, his comic book logo title came up. And I remember thinking to myself, like, wow, what a coincidence that the Gambit solo series has the same logo. Oh, well, no, that was definitely a concentrated effort. (laughs) Even back then, Marvel was all about the multimedia and knowing who to push. That's right. That's right. Um, But the X-Men animated series lasted forever, it feels like. Uh, Definitely, it lasted longer than I watched it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I guess that's very true. I haven't gone back and rewatched it in a long time, but... You're right, there was a lot of episodes and a lot of arcs, and like you said, it was a soap opera, and it was kind of like reading an actual comic where you had to come back every week. It really was. Like, that was, yeah, that was the 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 epic part, was like, there were some episodes, many episodes, where not a single punch was thrown, but mm-hmm. Wolverine would certainly cradle a photograph and, like, touch yeah, its would. face and go, I miss you, while wearing head-to-toe body armor in spandex. Have you seen have you seen the meme? Because that, that picture is now a meme now of Wolverine holding the picture and doing the thing. Like yep. that has now you know become even outside the show. Yeah, people being like, there was a like this looks like a cartoon. Was there a cartoon? Because this is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, more so than this is for you, Morph, is Wolverine cradling the photograph. Which but, this is for you, Morph is still great, that's even my, to this that's day. Obviously one of my favorite quotes. Um it also would eventually spawn a meme that lasted maybe two years but within that and then right after it died x-men the last stand would capitalize on it which was the juggernaut bitch oh yeah the oh juggernaut. the juggernaut vinnie jones yeah that uh that cart that that whole thing which mm-hmm. was funny the first two or three minutes and then turned into garbage yeah um, when when the movie actually does it it's like yeah yeah that's the that's the nail in the old coffin exactly. is what that is when your parents start taking to the dance floor and they're like okay let's do the macarena and you're like or the dougie or whatever yeah. else it's like yeah it's a dougie different. and it's like oh okay well that's done thanks mom thanks fox Can't news <laughs> thanks freaking brett ratner thanks for killing it yeah um but 90s cartoons for me represented like it was almost like having nerd cred during a period where you didn't, you weren't even aware of that concept. It, I know, right? And it's like when it, in terms of just like content and artistry and like trying to make a lot of shows for all ages audiences, yeah. we haven't really recaptured that again. And I think, like, especially in the early '90s, it was this glorious time in pop culture that a lot of people aren't going to remember. That was pre-Columbine, pre-9/11. Yep. When it was like, okay, we're not going to blame the cartoons for all the ills of the world. So they actually got to get away with some stuff that they couldn't. They could be a little subversive and they could push some stuff in some weird and interesting directions. Not only that, but they were also kind of climbing off the heels of uh, the Reagan era of trying to use popular Mm. culture and media to affect uh, change change in the culture. Uh, I, I cite... The, the the gun initiative. And what I mean by that is that yeah. for a long time, uh, you will, or for, in every facet of pop culture, especially with comics, but in cartoons as well, if you, if you grew up during that period, you might remember, or if you didn't grow up in that period, but you found this stuff, you might also catch random, very incongruous episodes in which a character used, misused, or uh, questioned the use of a gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's I there was an episode of uh, of Batman the animated series in which the Underdwellers I believe is the episode yeah 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 where the Fagin and his children or whoever he was supposed to be that stupid sewer king bad the guy who they king. never used again they, yeah well 
thank God. I'm actually really, really impressed with their ability to not use that character again. But uh, brilliant. There was a animated. Sword King in Hey Arnold, too, and he looked almost exactly the same is the funny thing. That's hilarious. I bet they were like, yeah, let's use the Sewer King from this stupid thing for this episode. But Are uh, they going to sue us for it? No, it's the friggin' Sewer yeah, King. No one wants him. Uh, but there was, in that episode, one of the little boys is separated from the collective and Batman takes him into the, uh, the Batcave and leaves him in Alfred's care. Yeah. And, uh, the boy... that's damn good surrogate parenting is what that is. Yeah, that's hilarious. And gives you an, an indication as to what he did with Robin back in the day. Yeah. Hey, Alfred, I've taken another young boy. Yeah. Take care of him. Incidentally, Batman makes no attempt in that episode to train and then make him into a Robin, which I think is Interesting. Which is like, no, you don't get to be. Only Dick gets to be. Yeah, only Dick. And back then, you know, we're talking about being PC. Like, while it was kind of a golden age of pre-Columbine, you know, let's not protect everybody. They were also very much hyper aware of kids' ability to emulate cartoons and, and yeah. popular media. Which is why Robin, during the Batman animated series era, was not allowed to be a little kid and why Robin yeah. had to be, like, high school, college age. Which, which they did some cool stuff with that anyway by making him college age. I think they made it way better because... They it, owned it, yeah. It allowed it to be, like, a new Teen Titans-era Robin or a Dick or a Tim Drake kind of Robin yeah. in the persona of, uh, of Dick Grayson. And it allowed that Robin to be even more interesting and exciting for a mm -hmm, kid mm -hmm. because you're like... It's not like you're putting yourself in the shoes of Batman's junior partner. It's more like one day you can aspire to be Robin. And you can hang out with Batman and be like his buddy and everything and go drinking with him, basically. Yeah, your peers, as opposed to him being like your your, your surrogate father figure. Father. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, your dad taking you to really inappropriate uh, locations. And <laughs> or dickish older brother, depending on how you want to look at that. Right, it's true. Uh, but in that Underdwellers episode, the kid finds an elephant gun or something. Uh, that I guess was a trophy of his father's. I'm assuming that his dad had, like, that Thomas Wayne had no uh, similar problem with guns and as such yeah, kept really. them as trophies in the trophy room. And the kid takes one of the guns off the shelf and joyfully points it at Alfred. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. scares the pants off Alfred, but then Batman appears, takes it away, and just says a bumper sticker quote, which is, Kids and guns do not mix. No. Which, to be fair, if any hero has the right to say that, it's yeah, Batman. It's Batman. It was a very organic, yet still obvious, like, outside force to get this agenda-driven uh, into the episode. Because, yeah, you could tell they were like, do a, do a gun episode. Do a gun warning episode. Well, I was going to say, you know, that was also like a child poverty episode, too, that just happened to have like a gun side to it. But yeah, I get yeah. where you're coming from. Um, and I know this because I've seen there was a, there was a channel. I don't know if it still exists anymore, uh, but it was called Jetix. Yeah, yeah, I remember Jetix. And I Jetix, remember Jetix. I was like, oh, this is my channel because it's just showing old cartoons that I used to like. And one of them, like they had a re on, on regular scheduled programming Batman the Animated Series. Sweet. They they cut the shows down. Oh no! Inappropriate moments, and so the Underdwellers episode came on. I'm like, oh, Tiffany, you're gonna love this. He points a gun straight at Alfred. They cut the whole sequence. Why don't you just piss on the gospel? Why <laughs> yeah. don't you? Well, and it's like the it's we're not celebrating the use of guns. This is an anti-gun message. It's a this learning is, moment. Yeah, this is actually what you want. And they cut it because it was inappropriate. That's how PC Aww. things got. That's unfortunate. That's sad. 
But yeah, because because that's a good moment. Although, although it's funny, we're we're talking all this praise for Underdwellers, an episode that is often ranked on the top ten worst, and for good reasons, because the rest of the episode is kind of broken and doesn't work. Yeah, the the but they use the A Squad for animation, so I will always love that episode. That's that for me. I really like that episode, and the reason is because it harkens for me back to like 1930s 40s era batman yeah when the uh, when fagin falls into the crocodile pit and he just says a gruesome fate for a gruesome man that's yeah, almost yeah. word for word when batman defeats dr death knocks him in the face he falls into his chemicals and burns alive and batman <laughs> says death for dr death so and you're back like, in the age whoa, of batman. super dickery <laughs> yeah you're like whoa batman what, what, what happened to your anti-death thing and he's like well nah. it's, it's funny in that same episode too batman friggin breaks the jaw of a crocodile by opening it way too big and i'm like whoa pete is gonna have some words for batman yeah, batman totally pulled the king kong fucking killed that do- that croc dead it was awesome I mean, in fair, the croc came at him first. It was self-defense, but I mean, geez, Batman is no friend to animals. No, I think that they they later animated him, like, swimming away in defeat, but he killed that crocodile. (laughs) He he murdered the living heck out of that crocodile. And I'll never forget it, too, because when he he reaches critical mass, uh, its eyes flare open. Yes, it does. Oh, yeah. And goes limp. Children's cartoons, everybody. Another thing that got me about that episode, another reason why I think it ends up on really low lists, is that, you know, when Batman finally corners the Fagin character, when, you know, he corners Sewer King, he's like, you know, never more in my life have I wanted to take the life of a bad guy that I do right now. And this was very early on in Batman's run, and I'm like, really? More than the Joker? Yeah. More than any of these other, this guy, this lame villain who would never show up again, is the guy who's making you question your no-kill rule. Really? He exploited the use, he exploited children and made them live in the sewers and steal from people. Like, this is a, this is a predator. (laughs) This is a child predator. He he did have a child army, and he did dress like Peter Pan, so. Yeah, a little creepy. A little creepy. And uh, you know what? Maybe it's just, this is one of those examples of, Batman's fear policy actually being effective as opposed to just true no one taking him seriously like, this guy was like holy crap I'm never gonna do that again also, <laughs> I'm never probably, gonna build a child army ever yeah, again <laughs> well I'm never gonna like try to steal or I mean the other thing is they probably threw the book at him judicially speaking I mean <laughs> yeah I mean they they locked him up in Blackgate not Arkham where yeah exactly there's yeah he's not going anywhere um I'll but as far as you know PC uh chicanery goes you know uh, or gun safety and other like pc safety kind of things they did a gun episode in the gargoyles cartoon show uh, yeah the chat was talking about that that's an excellent episode i i owned that episode on vhs and watched that one to death that was a really solid one nice i feel bad talking about gargoyles because tiffany's not here she was the huge gargoyles fan i was a fan but not enough you know what i mean like i dug gargoyles and i watched it all the time but once they got in that boat yeah, and went through the shores of Avalon. Yeah, uh, it was, it, for me, it's like when the Phoenix Saga came on on X Men. I'm like, we're on part eight of sixteen. I'm out. And yet, still, I will take that over the Goliath Chronicles, which is the season that Wiseman had nothing to do with. And once you kick the original creator off a show, yeah, you can't. No, it, yeah, it's like the gas leak year from Community. You just, you just ignore it. It's like it's like uh, the final season of Boondocks, where it's like, oh, really? Aaron Magruder had nothing to do with this. You mean the guy who created the comic strip this is based on, yeah. and who had a hand in every of the original episode is gone? Okay. Yeah. Well, then I guess I'm not watching. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I watched it and it was terrible. It, like every episode oh, nice. was more terrible than the next. I'm like, uh, why am I doing this to myself? But yeah, back to Gargoyles. But Gargoyles, amazing show. And once again, it's funny. You you think about uh, where Disney is now, where Disney just said, ah, screw it. I got a trillion dollars. I'll spend some of it to buy boy franchises. Yeah, screw making our own boy franchises. Yeah. We will just buy other people's. Because Gargoyles, uh, because Disney actually did a damn good job, especially in the 90s, of creating franchises out of... They really did. Almost out of thin air, but m even more miraculously from franchises that started in the 50s and 60s. Like friggin' Tailspin like and, and like Darkwing Duck, yeah. Yeah, like turning the Jungle Book into... Adventures Some... from Monkey Island. Actually, because yeah. there's, there's a show that literally is Tailspin uh, that is like live action and stars the dad from uh, Picket, or no, uh, Seventh Heaven. Uh, and it was called like Adventures of Monkey Island or Tales from Monkey Island, something like that. And it was uh -huh. just, it never made it, but it was a show that was literally Tailspin. Blue was that guy and it was just, yeah. That's hilarious. Bizarre. But yeah, I mean, uh, Darkwing Duck and I would also say The Tick are brilliant and brilliant for reasons no one ever gives them credit for. And oh, that yeah. is that, that they were parodying the superhero cartoon boom that was happening at that moment. Yep. I remember when, uh, I'm trying to think of other like superhero parodies that came out in recent years and me saying things like, I've seen this before a lot sooner. Like I saw this in the tick well before they started doing that. It's true. The, the Tick predicted a lot of stuff and did like a lot of stuff that other shows would start doing. Yeah. The Tick is a, well, let, let's get into the Tick after we talk about uh, just Disney's renaissance, if you will, of TV. Because Which, you know, it, it was never really that good again, was it, for Disney animation? I mean, obviously they still got the movies and everything oh, yeah. and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, during that period, that was Disney. I think Disney's high point has never been higher, originally speaking, when it came to like the, the early to mid 90s, because that's the where the oh. afternoon it was the Disney afternoon, yeah, because you you have not only Disney afternoon but also Little Mermaid, uh, Beauty and the Beast animated series, animated yeah, series. You also have like those movies where it's like Aladdin and Lion King, and you're like, oh, it can never be better than this. And in fact, you were right. Uh, I mean, they're getting pretty good again, but even still, but only because they have Pixar. Mm. For me, I don't know. I, I've not enjoyed an original Disney movie. Since I guess Atlantis. Oh wow, that you're going way back there. The not even, <laughs> not even Frozen. Now, don't get me wrong. Atlantis is super underrated, and it's on Netflix now. Everybody, oh, definitely watch it if you haven't. By the way, yeah, we're, we're really not, not even Frozen, not even Princess and the Frog. I never saw stuff. Frozen. <laughs> really, you didn't. Okay. I did well, and I guess now it's going to be way too built up for you if you do. Oh, there's see no it. way it can be what everyone says it is. <laughs> but I will say I liked Tangled. You know, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice movie. It was fun, original, cute, uh, and and did a and, and made a considerable step forward from the wake of Pixar's very very brief departure. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, as far as Pixar and Disney go, like Finding Nemo, Wally, Incredibles, uh, the Toy Story franchise. Like, I don't, I don't. I don't credit Disney with those. Like, that's those guys. <laughs> that came from their wheelhouse. Now, again, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Princess and the Frog. No. I, I thought, th th okay, see, thematically, that one is super underrated because you're dealing with your first princess of color and her dad played by, uh, like, Todd Howard. Not Todd Howard, but... Uh, is that Keith uh, David? No, not Keith David. You would th uh, Oprah's her mom, but uh, the, the, the guy from uh, the, the, the first roadie, the first roadie. 
Oh, uh, Tom Howard. Tom Howard, yeah, the or first. Terrence uh, Howard. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. And he says, it's like, look, you know, she, she's wishing on a star. She's doing the classic Disney princess thing. Yeah. And her dad comes in and is like, look, honey, you wishing on stars is great and everything. But you know <laughs> what? You actually got to go out there and make it happen. Nice. Wink, wink. And I'm like, nice, so this is a whole subversion of the Wish on a Star thing from Disney. And it's even better because the villain of that movie is like a voodoo witch doctor voiced by Keith David, who does an amazing job, sings his own song. He was also Goliath in Gargoyle, so it's kind of connected. And uh, his whole deal is that he's an evil voodoo practitioner who has basically sold his soul and leased his soul to so many different demons, like taking the shortcuts and like, you know kind of not working for what he's got. And I'm like, oh, this is really clever. And I think that was lost on way too many people. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Uh, the other thing is you got to have a dynamite soundtrack for one of those movies. And I don't know. They had, I, like, I they had like two good songs on that one. The, the, the rest the rest were forgettable. Yeah. The, the villain song was good and the hero song was good. The rest were like, Neh. That's how I feel with uh, movies like Little Mermaid. Like Ursula's song fucking trumps the whole damn soundtrack. Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yeah. It's a showstopper. It is a showstopper. That's... That is a true diva ballad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so Disney Afternoon rocked. Uh, Darkwing Duck Oof. was a show that blew my mind. And not just because of how it like played with the superhero genre, but also because I just finished watching uh, DuckTales and DuckTales Ends. And then Launchpad, Launchpad shows, shows up. up in that show. That blew my comic book centric mind because I'm like, Oh shit! It's all it's connected. continuity. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And I thought, and honestly, like, because I also, you know, when you grow up with 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 cartoons, when you grow up with comic books, and especially with TV, you know that like things can't always like continuity is great and all, but everything's got to be kind of self-contained. Everything kind of has to be back where it was before, so that mm-hmm. anyone can jump in. Uh, for me, I was like, cool. Launchpad is in this in this episode is in the pilot for Darkwing Duck. <laughs> then he's on the show as a sidekick. And I'm like, Oh, anything can happen now. All yeah. bets are off. And then later, wouldn't they bring in like Gizmo Duck? Gizmo would be Duck came in. Duck. You're like, okay, no, no. Once, once Launchpad comes into Darkwing Duck, you go, Oh, well then all bets are off. Like everyone can show up. Scrooge McDuck can have a cameo in this thing. Um, I don't know if he ever did, but I do know that, but Gizmo Duck was definitely like, like a frustrating antagonist for, for Darkwing. Yeah. Which is amazing. Friggin' Jim Cummings, man, just so, like, a legendary voice actor who was also in Princess and the Frog, ironically. Jim Cummings has done everything forever. Uh, he's the shocker. He's the freaking shocker. He's the shocker. He, I mean, like, and let trust me, like, once you, if you grew up with these voices, like Rob Paulson, Jim Cummings, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Tracy uh, Mc, uh, McNeil, uh, you know. Uh, he, Trace McNeil, Trace yeah. Trace McNeil. Uh, these voices you'll hear and you'll hear them play different characters and they do a dynamite job, but you know, it's them. You can, f- and you can pick them out mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. everything. Uh, Rob Paulson was another voice, but let's talk about Jim Cummings. Winnie the Pooh. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. And he's Tigger now too. Cause the original Tigger actor passed away. So yeah. now he's both. Yeah. So he's both. So he plays both. Uh, it was, and I think Ed Asner was one of anyway. But the oh, Ed was, Asner was brilliant from the DC universe to everything else. So again, Ed Asner was in Boondocks before his death. Yeah, Ed Asner, uh, Cosgrove on Freakazoid. That's right. He's which is so another good. Another superhero in- cartoon show from the '90s that was amazing, and I think that 
I cite Freakazoid, Animaniacs, and Tiny Toons as kind of Warner Brothers' attempt to replicate the Disney Afternoon formula. A little bit. Like, and also kind of grow their thing and pass the torch from, like, the original Looney Tunes to, like, <laughs> Looney Tunes the next generation, even though that never picked up because those characters aren't nearly as bankable, it would seem. Uh, apparently not. You know, it's funny that, like, they went, when, when Warner Brothers would go millennial, uh, would go 2000, if you will, that mm -hmm. they opted instead to make, like, an anime... Uh, space adventure oh, series. Oh, Lunatics Unleashed. Yeah, yeah I remember Lunatics, that. rather than just aging the Tiny Toons and doing something with that. Yeah. I guess because of how cemented they were in the 90s. Like you, But you could have, if you wanted to do like a narrative with the Looney Tunes, you could have easily been like, okay, it's Tiny Toons, but now they're in high school or college and make it really <laughs> angsty. <laughs> oh, gee. Make it, everyone's wearing flannel. Oh. Everyone's playing guitars. Yeah, everyone's from Seattle, and they're all just like, we were lied to, man. They told me I was going to be the next Bugs Bunny, but you know what? I'm just Buster. <laughs> like, See, why did no one do that? That's amazing. What a missed opportunity, um, which they can still do. Especially because Tiny Toons had some amazing amazing cartoon in there like i'm pretty sure in an episode they say there's a reason bugs bunny doesn't get any older and that's because because the cheers and the applause keep him young forever <sighs> yes uh man like warner brothers animation when it okay i applaud both studios and their ability back then especially to create these icon not iconic because they're they don't last forever but these subversive intelligent mm -hmm. original high concept creations oh yeah oh yeah apparently like, let's talk about freakazoid for a second freakazoid was a pitch from bruce tim to be like a superhero show yeah, he wanted it to be serious and spielberg came in it's like yeah i'm gonna use your designs yeah. But, yeah. but i'm thinking more like a jerry lewis in the animated form <laughs> and bruce tim's like goodbye i want to make <laughs> I justice league Imagine what that show could have been like if he stayed. Like, maybe Freakazoid could have been the definitive hero of the 90s. Yeah, I mean, like, Freakazoid could have been the next Plastic Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a high bar indeed. Yeah, I, uh, that said, I'm so glad that Spielberg did take it away because Freakazoid is fucking hilarious wonderfully chaotic and yep. just insane stream of conscious which is hilarious because freakazoid gets his power from the early internet and yep. he is basically today's internet encapsulated yeah just it's amazing over. how because if you like you know if you're if you were growing up during that time or if you came after these cartoons uh you have ex you 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 know the internet to be a very different beast from what it was mm -hmm. in like 1994 and what it was promised in 1990 yeah. and in 1994 the internet was basically the internet the information superhighway <laughs> you could you could download information about dinosaurs order flowers for your aunt and also get tickets for the game all on america online uh, yeah. these were the places where you could where, where the collective knowledge and experience of the human race were available at the click of a button and the high-pitched wail of your computers talking to each other when, can you believe there's a whole generation of kids who don't know what that modem sound means yeah uh, when dexter douglas gets nerd computer ace nerd computer ace gets downloaded into the internet he does not become a hyper intelligent uh, god child god child yeah which is I, if, you, if they made a movie about that today about that back no back then if, they, if in 1992 they were like we're making a movie about a guy who gets sucked into the internet he it would be like lawnmower man 
where he's like, mm-hmm. I am God here. I know everything and can subvert God himself. Like, that's what they would have done. But no, for some reason, they were like Nostra fucking Damas and made him into yeah. a meme machine. A maniac who just spouts pop culture references yep. and is just random all the time. Yeah, he is a... He, he is an, an ADD-fed meme factory. Where he, he is has, Reddit, 4chan, and, like, Eiskin has cheeseburger all rolled up yep, into one exactly. dude. And not how friggin' high concept is that? Incredibly. Uh, but I love I love Freakazoid. I love, most of that is from the actor whose name escapes me at the moment, but, like... It, it, it was Paulson who was Freakazoid, wasn't he? It was not Paulson. It was uh, not Paulson. Paulson, See, I was, thought it was... Paulson was Yakko, the guy who played Freakazoid. Uh, maybe the chat could help us out, but, like amazing oh Ruger's it was Ruger it was, thank it you. was Tom Ruger I'm pretty thank sure you, thank you. he is so great and I if you have the opportunity to get the DVD listen to the commentary for the first episode or pilot because that episode that first episode I, I don't think that there's every episode of Freakazoid after that is great but none are so great as the first episode because it never quite gets as ridiculous as it does in the first episode, as random and unpredictable as the first episode was. And the commentary for it is charming because they just talk about, because it's gone. The show's over. It's dead. They're recording it well after the show aired (laughs) and they're just remembering it and enjoying it. And they're talking about all the random Jerry Lewis and old school comedian jokes that Freakazoid is making. And they talk about how, uh, you know, Warner Brothers and Spielberg are like, we want to make this new, fun, hilarious character that the kids are all going to want to be. <laughs> and he goes, and like, one of the quotes is like, and no, and, and what child doesn't love an old Jerry Lewis gag? Of course, like, right. Because, and, and he's like, but that's what I'm doing. And then there's the moment where they're at the prom and Freakazoid is going to defeat cave, uh, Caveman or whatever. Uh, cave Guy. Cave it Guy. Was... And, uh, cave Guy surprisingly sophisticated. Right, hilariously cave... sophisticated. Uh, Unsubscribe to the New Yorker. <laughs> he uh, he defeats Cave Guy with sheer randomness and starts yodeling in Yiddish. Yeah, yeah, down, down, everybody, down, everybody on this side of the room. And he and, and there's this and when he's doing that, there's just this pause in the commentary. And he goes, "Here's where the wheels come off." <laughs> yeah, right there at that moment. <laughs> like we might have had a show, but now it's just a joke. Uh, oh, Candle Jack's another amazing show. Oh, you can't say I, it. Though. Although I've just said it, so he should be coming and taking me away. I didn't mean to say Candle Jack. Slender Man before Slender Man. Yeah, again, amazing. And a brilliant character design, clearly inspired by the Phantasm. Thanks, Bruce Tim, for drawing your Phantasm character. For recycling a lot. A lot of those designs were great. Like, again, there was Cave Guy, there was Candle Jack, there was Ricardo Montalban, who played, like, the evil freakazoid. Yeah. I love that. Uh,. And, Doing just his con voice. Right. And uh, The Lobe, played by uh, David Warner, who will oh, also be so J- Rachel Ghoul. Uh, every time Rachel Ghoul is cast in a cartoon, I'm like, why didn't you get David Warner? Like, what a yeah. waste. Well, I did. Uh, He's but, perfect. Yeah, detective. Like, oh, unbelievable. But uh, I want to say that Freakazoid just used character models from shows that were canceled. Yeah, yeah, it seems a lot Yeah, like just it. put him in this shit. I don't care. Uh, now, but, now, have you heard the great uh, legend of this, that in the opening credits for Freakazoid, you can clearly see a female Freakazoid yes, Freakazette for a season that was never made. Yep. Yep. And they were just like, yeah, don't forget Freakazette. And it's like, 
who? I've heard a lot of great rumors about that character, that it was supposed to be his on-again, off-again girlfriend. Another script that said supposedly it was supposed to be his mom. What? Yeah, that his mom would have become freak as ass. hilarious. Love it. I would have taken any of it. Also, um, too, the name Dexter Douglas. Yes, that is a reference to Peter Parker and all the great oh, Marvel yeah. alliteration. you got to use the, alliter the alliteration to make the character. Jessica Jones, a new character. they got to do the alliteration. Um, oh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Century. Uh, Robert Reynolds? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but uh, one of the other cartoons that I should mention... Whoops. Uh, what are the other cartoons that I need to mention? Just because we have we have to we have a lot of ground to cover, and I don't think we're going to get to everything. Obviously. It's a big decade. Uh, here's a show I never watched. Uh, just straight up, never watched the show. Uh, okay, I watched maybe an episode or two, but like could not get into it. Maybe because Ninja Turtles had already come, and I loved it and enjoyed it. But it was Street Sharks. Oh yeah, man, dude, I, I watched Street Sharks. Now, I, I I own Street Sharks. Now here's the thing for me: Street Sharks looked like a they were all here. Spoilers, everybody! But Thundercats, He-Man, Street Sharks, Ninja Turtles, Mummies Alive. They're all toy commercials. People in the chat were asking about Mummies Alive. Mummies Alive, Alive was a show that I watched. Me too. And, and again, too, there's a show that was way too late. That if it had come out earlier, it could have been the next Ninja Turtles. Could happen, but just you missed the boat, and you aired it on UPN, which yeah. will kill your show. Uh, but at least you'll get a season. Uh. But Street Sharks and all these shows are toy commercials. Uh, they bite, they fight, it's yeah. all right. And, uh, you know, hand puppet toys and action figures. And this is a thing where, like, legitimately, like, it started with Transformers and G.I. Joe, where toy companies said, I, actually, I think it was Masters of the Universe was the first one, He-Man and Masters of the Universe. It was a toy company that owned all this molded plastic and said, how the hell are we going to sell this crap to children? And so they said, let's make cartoons that feature are basically just 22 minute commercials yep and that's where your beloved childhood memories came from from corporate greed beautiful money made out of molded plastic and here's the funny thing about street sharks i can remember watching the commercials for street sharks and saying this is the coolest shit ever right then actually watching the show and being like eh, the commercials do a better job of selling this honestly yeah i actually wanted a street shark more than i wanted to watch street sharks it's true. It's very true because you watch the show and you're like, eh. And you know how, like, every cartoon crew back in the day, like, for Ninja Turtles, it was pizza. That was their thing. And yeah. for Sonic, it was chili dogs. <laughs> for the Street Sharks, it was burgers. I'm like, that's kind of generic. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a hot dog. Like, okay. Well, because they're cheap yeah, and easy like to animate. Also, the thing, too, about uh, the Street Sharks, again, they were all brothers from this super rich scientist who was working with, like, splicing uh, fish DNA, because, of course, he was. Right. Because and, and, like, and, like, they all have a different extreme thing. Like, the one guy's really into football, so he wears a shirt that's, like, up to <laughs> yeah. here. And then the other one's really into rollerblading, and he has, like, a parachute. Yep. And there's nothing homoerotic about it at all. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, overglorified toy commercial shows, Love Street em. Sharks, Biker Mice from Mars, yet another, oh, another one with Paul Wilson. L later on, they would actually reboot Biker Mice from Mars and they would really? actually kind of try and take it seriously where it's like, look how much money we put into the animation. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You can't, uh, and, and you see them fight the wars on Mars against the evil cats that are trying to invade them. And like Paulson is doing his, he's doing his best John Wayne or best Clint Eastwood impression. Oh my God. Now uh, let's, let's talk just, just about Paulson for a minute because 
the man ca- has no equal uh, and has his own podcast actually where he talks talking tunes which is epic it's an amazing show uh, actually we interviewed him on our channel one time uh, if you ever oh, check amazing. out our 2014 uh, Kineticon video he's in there we chat for a few minutes it's amazing it, he he sings a bar from the uh, the nations of the world from the Animaniacs United States Canada Mexico Panama and I was like <laughs> uh, but dude played so many voices uh, from you know from Biker Mice from Mars Animaniacs he played Mr. Opportunity in like Toyota commercials oh that's right I'm Mr. Opportunity and I'm knocking and I'm like Bob, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I I gotta eat. He's just like I don't care what. It, look, it's not the '90s anymore. It's 2000s. Nobody wants to hear Raphael say uh, or be cool but rude. Uh, <laughs> What's great about Paulson is that he's a turtle twice in his life because he was on the original cast and yep. he's on the new show now too. Yep, he he played Raphael and he pl- by the way played Raphael not just in the show but in all the cartoon commercials in which they needed one of the turtles to say something, he's the one who would do it. Uh, for all the turtle action figure commercials. Oh, uh, God, someone in the chat just brought up something amazing there. Yes, Mighty Ducks, the cartoon that was also a Ninja Turtles kind of ripoff with a alien ducks who played hockey that had nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I think this is just another example of Disney being like, of, of Disney falling off of the map where they went like, we can do no wrong. We can take an established Disney franchise, spin it into a new show for this generation and make money. Uh, uh, from... I had Mighty Ducks action figures, but then again, maybe because I'm Canadian, it was easier to buy. I think the ho- so. Yeah. <laughs> there were very few like real hardcore hockey reference uh, from the American cartoon span. Uh <laughs> Maybe yeah, that's why it didn't last bad. in America. They're like hockey. Yeah, hockey. We, yeah, we we did that already. But yeah, to, my, get these ducks, ducks playing baseball, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, or at least make them eat pizza. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think the ducks had a food. I don't think they had a signature food. Maybe no, they would have lasted not. if they had a signature food. They need. Yeah, you need to you need to tick off all the all the check marks, man. Um, What's great about that show too is that one of the characters was literally just Duck Gambit too. Right. I, I remember the the lineup. I remember the card like the character designs. Uh, my friend's little brother liked Mighty Ducks, so I and instead that. of a matrix of leadership like for the Transformers, you get a golden hockey mask, right. and that and that is your right to lead yeah. the Duck people if you have the golden hockey mask. Yeah. Uh, we should also talk. We talked a little bit about the Tick, but I think the fact that Paulson took over for Arthur after season one or two of the tick was also kind of a mind bending thing for me mm-hmm. because number one, like I loved the original voice for all for Arthur. Uh, but when Paulson took over, I was not disappointed. That's good. Uh, I, you know what I mean? Like I, that was, uh, the little wooden boy in the belly of, and the, and the belly of love. I think that was the name of the episode. And uh, that was the first episode where Arthur took, where, where Paulson took over as Arthur in The Tick, mm-hmm. and and The Tick kind of fell off into something else. But uh, I love that show. Really wasn't disappointed by the voice, but it became a different animal, I think, for the show. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I just think we needed to address the tick and the fact that Paulson played Arthur because that's just thought we should. Oh, as someone in the chat said apparently the Mighty Ducks loved popcorn. Okay, that's okay, kind. Popcorn. That's, there you go. That's that's kind of clever because if you're feeding ducks, ducks, what are you gonna? 
They're not going to go hunt down stale bread. Right. Yeah. Now, see, now that would have been funny where they're because the because the turtles loved pizza, but they always liked weird stuff on their pizza. So the ducks are like, oh, sweet. A loaf of bread that's been left out for a couple of weeks. That show had a Belushi, too. Like like their manager was like the living Belushi. That, well, that was Disney using their money and their clout at that time. We're going to get us the living Belushi is what we're going to do. Lucky everybody. I know, right? Um, there oh, were okay, oh, oh, and another thing they okay. mentioned too: the villain on that show was Tim Curry. How many amazing villain roles did Tim Curry have in the nineties? He yes. was basically all of them. Well, he was an amazing uh, Hook from Peter Pan and the Pirates. Oh, oh my God, dude! Peter, Peter Pan and the Pirates, man! Amazing oh my God, show. you you kids are missing out. You need to hunt that show down. That was like one of the most surprising. It, it would be like if Studio Ghibli did like a Peter Pan. <laughs> It was. Let me tell you something. If you if you like Peter Pan or Hook, uh, you will be blown away by what they did with Peter Pan and the Pirates. Uh, Foxes, Peter Pan and the Pirates. They they were not afraid to hitch their wagon to that horse. And they uh, had to say it too. And that's why Peter Pan doesn't wear green and doesn't do anything else that the Disney Peter Pan does. It blew my mind. Brown Peter Pan. Uh, there's an episode of Peter Pan and the Pirates that blew my friggin' mind. And it was where Peter Pan... I think it's the same one. It's the Peter. It's the one where Peter Pan captures Captain Hook and goes, It's over! I'm gonna kill you now! And Peter Pan, like, gets Long Tom and, like, puts the, the, the cannon up against Captain Hook. And he's like, You're dead! And just lights the, the, the cannon. And Captain Hook is like, Yeah, do it! Do it, motherfucker! <laughs> like, he basically says, I'm happy to die because I lived my life. I was a boy, I was a youth, I was a man. And you'll you never, never that. experience that. They and, did so much cool stuff like, like that. Like, I remember... Well, again, because the weird thing about Peter Pan and the Pirates is they focus on the pirates a lot and the fact that yeah. they're like, Neverland sucks. We want out of here. Yeah, exactly. If you're not, like, a prepubescent child, this place is horror show. Like, it is filled with, like, Native Americans that want to kill... Or natives that want to murder you and sea creatures that want to murder you and fairies that want to murder you. Like, it's purgatory. Everything is predicated on killing you. Yeah, it's a bit for them, they, for them, they were stuck in purgatory. And I remember there was another episode episode two where it's like they found a cave full of things that were lost and like captain hook's childhood was in there <laughs> yeah um they, or like another one when like peter pan stopped believing and because he stopped believing he started getting old well, and like captain hook saved the day in that episode because he's like well i believe in neverland and tinkerbell's like what seriously you believe in neverland he's like well yeah i'm stuck here aren't yeah, i i live here i can't escape it i'm reminded of it every day i do believe <laughs> yeah that's the that's the same episode because hooks like hooks derisive like goading of peter pan makes peter pan lose his freaking mind and because Love he can't one. grow he starts like affecting the mannerisms of pe of, of adults and starts like painting a beard on like it just like crazy psychodrama of peter pan and the pirates like what the crap and, is and this show? is what they gave to kids back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah, choke on that. Enjoy your last unicorn movie. Like, these are the movies and shows that, that defined a generation of people who have, who are totally un, or who are totally not well adjusted. Because <laughs> this is what? Because this is what we had to deal with. Yeah, this is our, this is our, uh, our grow up. Um, Tiffany uh, just let, let me know that Tony J is her favorite voice actor for villains oh, in the dude, 90s. Megabyte in Megabyte. Reboot, friggin' Claude Frollo in uh, yeah. uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. The, 
the the villain in Skeleton Warriors, which was yet another yep. Ninja Turtles. Let's sell toys, but oh my god, that one had an amazing theme song. Skeleton Warriors. Now here's the thing. Let's talk about Tony J for just a second. Amazing voice actor. Cut short. His uh, wish he could be in everything. So tragic. Uh, so tragic. Uh, but I think a recipe for success, regardless of the of the quality of your show, if it was during this decade was your power ballad theme song. So many amazing Even shows that weren't that good, like King Arthur and the Knights of Justice had an amazing theme yep. song. Amazing theme song, terrible show. Uh, I will also say, this is a good show. I actually did enjoy it, but uh, but again, in my top five greatest uh, animated themes of all time, where on earth is Carmen Sandiego? Oh, yeah, where they're like, basically did a whole choir, where in the world? Yeah, it's... If you haven't heard it, listen to it. It will be stuck in your head forever. And then you'll go back There's, and watch all the shows because it's also an informative. It was one of those Trojan horse educational programs. Where, which there was a lot of in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, got, then, again, it's I think it's a byproduct of the Reagan era of use pop culture to to convert the masses into your belief system. Like how many shows from the 90s had like a sum up section like you know Sonic says or Sailor oh Moon God. says yeah, at the end where they're like you know we had a lot of fun but don't forget that running across roads without looking both ways is a recipe for disaster like the sort of stuff that South Park would go on to mercilessly skewer with their I learned something today that's the thing about about South Park because we can talk about that because South Park was a cartoon show from the 90s it's true and was, still going strong and still going, yeah. 19 seasons just like this month yep uh, South Park is a show that not only like made the Simpsons look like your grandpa's cartoon, make it look like a Hanna-Barbera show. Uh, it's this, this was a show where like they were able to effectively parody and mock the popular culture or any prominent as it happened as it was happening. So because they have a two-week turnaround for animation, yeah, which is so unheard can, of. They can they can make anything they want and turn it out and become the most culturally relevant show. They could hit on a, on a meme or a, or, or a, a culturally significant event before Saturday night live could do a sketch. about They, it. they were the only show talking about like nine 11 and the war in Iraq after oh, it happened. Yeah. The only ones that episode blew my mind. Like, I know. I mean, and it's called Osama bin Laden has party pants. Yep. That was, that was a show where I, that was an episode where I went like, I'm a lifer. Good job. <laughs> like I'm watching the show. Yeah. Forever. And yet, after all the work they put in, the episode that won them an award was the World of Warcraft episode, which is a great episode. Great don't episode, get me wrong. but you know, not very subversive. It's like really, after everything they talked about, this is the one you give them an award for. Yeah, okay. yeah, bizarre. Which um, they then turn around and made fun of it by having a whole episode about Randy taking a giant crap and then under it putting you know Academy or Oscar award-winning award show. Yeah, they were nominated for an Academy Award for uh, they didn't get it, but. Blame Canada was better than whatever song won that year. Yeah. Um, and I'm Canadian and I agree. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, yeah. Um, I think that movie did a good job of balancing the, the, the tides of war. Nobody quite won that war. So no, it did. And also a fact that they can be a movie about the controversy that their movie will indefinitely cause. I'm just like, that's that was, here's a, here's a great part about the South Park movie. I snuck in to see that movie because awesome. I wasn't old enough to watch it. And when I the have boys, a similar story, yeah, actually. when the boys sneak in to see Terrence and Philip as a fire and they're not allowed to be in, I was like, we're doing it. This is a movie for me. We're literally having this experience right fucking now. 
Yeah. It was, it was a, yeah. That, that was a show I, that will forever be cemented in my in my I house. remember I went with my parents to the drive-in <laughs> and they and they were playing Blast from the Past, a terrible movie that no one remembers. Yep, I, I do remember that Brendan Fraser and Brandon Alicia Silverstone Fraser. with Christopher Walken uh that no one will ever watch or buy. Don't And again, and, don't Yeah, and and I was young and didn't give a crap and on the screen directly behind us they were playing the South Park movie. Like, just yeah. yeah, Mom and Dad, you enjoy. Well, go ahead. I'm going to change the dial really quick. Change the dial really quick, see what's happening Yeah. with Seth, because awesome. by God, that's a weird movie to watch with the sound off. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Um, <clears throat> okay, we uh, we talked about like basic TV kind of things. I think we'll just really quick delve into the UPN shows that are also comic book related. I'm thinking, of course, about the Marvel Action Hour. Oh, God. Uh, which yeah, included yeah, yeah. The, the Fantastic Four Iron Man combo. That's right. Uh, Fantastic Four was, for me, one of the best and worst Marvel animated shows <laughs> of all time because first season is utter trash. They're cutting corners. The animation is horrible. Uh, that's the origin of the terrible and infamous Flame On song by Johnny Storm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, they, they're... It's like, it's like every movie property try, or every movie studio trying to make a Fantastic Four movie. Didn't get it. Couldn't quite nail it. Uh, then I guess they like ended the show and then brought it back for its second season with a completely different theme song, a completely different animation studio, and a completely mm-hmm. different tone and completely turned that show around for me. Uh, where they, I think they went full X-Men with us with that one. Right, right. From the first season, which had that horrible theme, which you should watch and it'll be stuck in your head forever, uh, they went to an instrumental theme that was kind of like hopeful and bombastic, very Chris Columbus. Uh, and afterwards, you're like, the animation was much more heavily shaded and really played with the whole Inhumans angle and really made mm-hmm. Doctor Doom into a, a, an actual monarch and made them go into space. They fought T'Challa, who was also <laughs> voiced by Keith David, uh, because that dude why gets around. Do that. <laughs> um, they had guest cameos from everybody. Thor was on that show, voiced by John Rhys Davies. Oh wow! Amazing episode. Uh, there's See, I'm episode- drawing a blank on a lot of those. Oh, but yeah, I, I sort of remember what you're it's saying. It's a fantastic show. Uh, they had an episode, Galactus Attacks, and every superhero that they were allowed to have shows up, and they can't beat Galactus, so then Ghost Rider rides in <laughs> and uses the penance stare on Galactus. <laughs> that Holy sounds like some fan fiction. <laughs> it was complete. And by the way, Ghost Rider rides it. Ghost Rider's used the best in that show than he's ever been used in his history. And the reason which, for that uh, is because which Ghost Rider wasn't. Well, it was uh, it was Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, right? Because that was uh, because the he was the cool time. one. And uh, but the, re- the the way in which they use him is all hope is lost. There's nothing they can do. Then a guitar lick plays, and Ghost Rider appears, and he and everyone gets out of his way and goes, "Who's that? He scares me." And then he <laughs> says to like go to Galactus like. Feel the death of the souls of a billion billion, and then burns Galactus's soul with his penance stare, and then goes, and then Galactus passes the fuck out, and then Ghost Rider goes, "My work is done. I go where innocent blood is spilt," and then roars off into the sunset. Everyone goes, "What the shit just happened?" <laughs> I need to leave now. My planet needs me. Yeah, exactly. He goes like, "Well, my coolness factor has just reached its apex. I must go to recharge." <laughs> He's like, 
He's like George from Seinfeld. He needed to leave on a high note. That's exactly right. He was totally like, well, that's it for me. You've been great. Thanks for having me. Peace. Bye-bye, everybody. It's a freaking amazing cameo. But Fantastic Four manages to pull itself out of what would have been the most one of the most embarrassing attempts at a Fantastic Four franchise, which is saying a lot because there are three really, really embarrassing movies. There's a lot of low cards in that deck. It's hard to do, but like that cartoon managed to pull it out. But the Iron Man show did a very similar thing where it also had a horrible theme and horrible animation. Just, just what the crap. Uh, also couldn't, didn't believe in the Iron Man character enough. This is, by the way, before the movies and everything. Iron Man was a C-list character. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, so much so he, that... People forget that, how C-list he was. Exactly, movie, like, guys, the, you don't even know. Goddamn. Before the movie, they made Iron Man into the Avengers traitor, and then he died. And they went back in time and got his younger self and brought him to the present, and he became Iron Man. And, and that that's was why you got that lame armored adventure show because like, Hey, there's precedent for it. Yeah. And he was Iron Man until heroes were born. Like they didn't <laughs> know what to do with him. And so they just made him a teenager. Uh, now but, he's the biggest goddamn thing. Now he's the biggest goddamn thing ever. Uh, so much so that they're making, they're making Spider-Man into Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> but that Iron Man cartoon, they were so like worried about how crappy or how well, how poor. Then he had a whole it. team. He had like a whole, who gives a fuck. Crew. Oh, it, was, it was the West coast Avengers. They just put the West Coast Avengers on his team. So it was Spider-Woman, Julia Carpenter, War Machine, Hawkeye, uh, oh, Vision, God, yeah. uh, and Ghost. And <laughs> like, what the fuck? And we, we actually, over on Comic Book Cast, we riffed an episode of uh, the Iron Man cartoon. Nice. It, it, was, it, was called, it was called Hawkeye Betrayed, or like, is, or is Hawkeye a traitor? Yeah. And literally, the whole, it's one of the funniest riffs we've ever done. I say, <laughs> look it up. It's literally just a whole episode of Iron Man and the Who Gives a Fuck crew just jumping the gun on Hawkeye because he didn't show up for a fight. He's like, he betrayed us. He freaking betrayed us. <laughs> and like Iron Man's just shaking him. And I'm like, oh my God, this is insanity. Yeah. And you find out at the end where it's like, oh, he went to go visit like his dad in the nursing home. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Man, man, Tony, I bet you feel like a dick right about now. Yeah. Um, that, then they like changed it so that once again, like they did like two seasons of that, trashed it, did a new um, epic theme where Tony has his long, luxurious locks and his ridiculous beard, and he's yep. he's making suits. He can and and his one suit can you push a button and it turns into another suit. Yeah, like it's it's Mark One. Push a button, it's subterranean like lava suit, just completely Which different. It was like pre-extremist extremist. Which you joke, apparently they're going back to that now for the new Bendis run. Apparently he can just mix it and match all his different armor types Because why not? You want to see that, right? I mean, like, you, who wants to see the dude, like, go take off the damn thing? Um, but the show... There's an app for it. Yeah, yeah. It's Iron Man 2.0 or for whatever the fuck they want to use. What, whatever we're up to now. Yeah. Um, we've been talking for a while, and uh, about an hour. Uh, so I guess we'll just really quick. Is there like what what era slash network would you like to touch upon from the? We'll 90s? tell you. We'll tell you what. If you have a list, and I know a bunch of people are shouting out a bunch of great ones in the comment section. Sure. Do we want to just lightning round it? Yeah, let's lightning round it. Okay. Uh, Beast Wars. Really loved it. Loved that was the great Canadian animation. Those were the same guys who did reboot and Battle of the Planets. Great show. Fantastic. The uh, only time was, I've ever cared about Transformers. That's the show that made me give a damn about Transformers. 
Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. they and where they really like jumped on the mythology and then oh, like, yeah, no oh, prime yeah. is a christ figure <laughs> absolutely man I, I can remember when they did the big changeover because it's like okay we need to sell a bunch of new toys now so a big crisis catastrophe happens and they all get changed yep yep that yeah that's disappointing um uh, spider-man unlimited real horrible disappointment after horrible spider-man show, so terrible the high evolutionary is the bad guy terrible theme uh, counter earth Yep, and I remember them saying that, like, if we'd got another season, we would have left Counter-Earth. Yeah, right. My ass. You, My ass you would have. We all wanted you to leave Counter-Earth. Couldn't wait for you to leave. Never did. And inexplicably tethered to the 90s Spider-Man cartoon show. Like, yeah. he actually was technically in that continuity. Th- that was the first time as a youth I ever learned about discontinuity mm. from that, where I'm like, hey, these things don't all match up. Yeah. Bizarre. Uh, ba- Batman Beyond, super underrated, Amazing honestly. Show. Obvi- I hated no, no, it. Really? When I, was, when I was a kid, I was like, this is stupid. Because Batman had gotten canceled and Batman Beyond was like the favorite child because it was a young, hip Batman. And Justice League hadn't happened yet. Yeah, you you really had to. I couldn't imagine watching it when it aired because I didn't watch it when it aired. Yeah, well, Batman aired, was actually. on when it aired and then they canceled Batman and Batman Beyond was the last one left. And I'm like, this has to. Like, no. That said, clearly the guys were like, fuck it. We just want to, no, we just want to tell Batman stories. And so it's it's heavily cemented in continuity. In a Blade Runner-esque future. Fantastic. And by the way, no roadmap, no Bible, no plan. Like, when they created that universe, it was in the pilot. They're like, I guess it's like this. And we guess. made up things as they went along. Tricked a lot of people, made them think it was really, like, all intricately created. Amazing premise, loved it. And by the way... That Bruce Wayne is obviously Dark Knight Returns Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um, which is why whenever, like, when they made the Dark Knight Returns movie, I'm like, why not Kevin Conroy? The dude already knows how to do the voice, and he's older, so he can definitely do the voice. It's true. Completely wasted on RoboCop. So, uh, so, so much great continuity. The episode where they deal with Venom, the episode where they deal with Rachel Ghoul oh, all yeah. over again is classic. The movie Return of the Joker is one of the best DC animated movies in again, a truly like, yeah, conclusion. A show that came from like a, a need to make like a teenage Batman turned into one of the best DC animated movies ever. Watch the PG-13 one. I almost prefer... the best one. I love both versions. I kind of like the old version a little more now. Like, I don't know. It just feels a little like it feels a little too aggressive, but uh, but it's well, both... nothing compared to what DC Animation's doing right yeah, now. Yeah, now I'm like, oh my god, like yeah. it's like, oh my god, you guys had restraint back then. Holy yeah, crap! Yeah, yeah. Um, What's great about that movie is there's a bit with the big giant killer laser beam that's very much like the movie Akira, which Batman Beyond is obviously inspired by, no and question. the dude who animated that laser scene animated the original Akira laser scene. Really. Yeah, that was like his first job when he started in the animation industry. Then years later, he got to do it again, and he's like, oh, I'm going to top myself this time. Yeah, he does. That thing's amazing. It also, of course, is one of my favorite throwaway Joker lines where he's like, oh, good, the laser's coming here. Now i got to start all over again. Thanks for wrecking everything, kid. So good. (laughs) Mark Hamill just kills it in that role. He he will be the Joker until he dies, and even after, he's the best one. Yep, I'm I'm looking forward to learning more about what they're doing with Killing Joke since he's playing Joker. I mean, they 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 gotta knock that one out of the park. Yeah. Like they, it, like anything short of a, cla- you know, less than a classic. Yeah. And it will be a total total waste. It's gotta, yeah, no. And make Conroy come back. I, I don't care what it costs. Um, yeah, I, I know. They're just like, well, we're not sure if we'll bring Kevin Conroy back. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna get him back. You if better you better fucking do it. <laughs> if you don't, then what was the point of do? I, I will. Ex- 
except Bruce Greenwood, but I will be very salty about it. If, Bruce Greenwood's if okay. I, I, I'll, I'll accept that as well, but I'd he, rather... He grew on me from... Red, he had Red Hood and Young Justice, so he had a movie and he had a show. Yeah, he did a nice job with both. I was happy with that voice. Um, Ooh, we, the mask animated. I forgot about that. The 90s again, was the last time we had really like interesting animated series based off movies. The Men in Black animated series. Black animated series. shows better than either sequel. Oh, a million times, yes. They had an amazing cast of villains for that show. Agent A, the first member of Men in Black, who became an insane villain who started stealing alien parts for yep. himself. Amazing, amazing Genius. Stuff. Why uh, did none of the movies do that? I uh, know. It's so bizarre. Friggin' Jackie Chan Adventures, also way better than it should have been. Yeah, I did not watch that show. <laughs> that, I ran for like, that ran for like six seasons on like one of the dumbest like scavenger hunt style uh, like storytelling things. Really? And they changed up what the scavenger hunt was every season and it was really interesting. Like it was clear they wanted to make an Indiana Jones style yeah. show. So basically just, okay, Jackie Chan is now Indiana Jones because right. why not? Yeah, and not? like, and there's like a version of Shield that's in there, and eventually Jackie Chan builds his own team of similar adventurer heroes. Okay. There's like a Catwoman and a Luchador and like a big sumo guy, and I'm like, well, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do that. <laughs> Why not? Jackie um, Chan built a freaking team. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's let's round things out with, uh, what are some of the cartoon shows that you watched as a kid from back in the day? that either got one season, half a season, or you think nobody watched the show? Uh, Legend of Calamity Jane was a Warner Brothers thing. It was a French show, and it was truly beautiful, stunning European animation. Really dark, too, very much in that same vein as Batman the Animated Series and Gargoyles. I think they pulled it off American TV after one episode, and Canada got the sloppy seconds, but it actually got to finish. Nice. Jim Cummings was in that, too. Oh, cool. I'll have to catch, catch that, because that's one I did not catch. Here's the thing. You, you can get most of it on YouTube, oh, because yeah. that's, that's one of the few series that is kept alive solely by tape traders and pirates, because no one's actually thought to put it out here in North America. Amazing. The French get it. Okay. Also, also Cyber Six. Do you remember Cyber Six? Was this a thing? I remember Cyber Six, no. <laughs> also, incredibly amazing European animated show that they would air here on Canadian tv sometimes it's argentinian based on an italian uh comic book like a heavy metal story okay. in an italian comic book it's about uh, okay so, so so buckle in for this one because you're gonna need to buckle in okay. for this one <laughs> it's the story of a woman who escaped the holocaust her villains are nazi what? scientists <laughs> she lives in a city that they never say is brazil but it's totally brazil mm -hmm. She fights Frankenstein monsters at night, and by day, she cross-dresses as a man and lives as an English teacher. <laughs> These are all real things that happen, That's and I'm like, awesome. oh, I'm like, oh, Europe. Oh, <laughs> oh, Europe, you're so good. There's a scene, and if you've watched my Cape Joel channel, it's actually the thing in the beginning, where it's the opening credits, yet another show with an amazing theme song, where she jumps off a building and her cape starts flowing yeah. in the thing. It's it's like the sexiest cape shot ever. <laughs> it's it's, it's it's amazing. It's just like Batman wishes he could do that. Right. I will so, also just uh, say, just really quick aside, because um, we never got a chance to talk about the the cable cartoon shows that also are, are were, were a little bit more for mature adults that were also comic book related. Spawn I, the animated about series. Spawn the animated series. Your cape reminded me of the uh, of the Spawn animated series. Really uh, good first season. It kind of goes off the rails after that. It, you know, it's funny. Like, I remember my parents paid for HBO, so I watched it, and I was like, 
can't fucking wait. Loved it when I, I was when it was uh, when it was coming out. Watch it again. They reuse so much animation. Yeah, they do. It's, it's very music video editing. It's very very music video editing. Very like cut corners. Uh, meandering doesn't really go anywhere interesting. Much Keith, like the Spawn comics, much sometimes. Like Spawn comics. Uh, <laughs> Keith David does amazing work with Spawn. Killer. Uh, everyone does a really great job as the vo- with the voice acting, and uh, the designs are really nice. But just like couldn't really make it as far as like as far as a faithful adaptation or at least even a decent adaptation. T- terrible cliffhanger too. I remember after like moping around for a whole season. Oh. And they're, and they're, like, fighting over Genghis Khan's mask, and you find out Genghis Khan was actually, like, a redeemer for heaven and everything. <laughs> and they get done that, and Spawn finally comes into the room, and he's like, I've decided I'm ready to get my life back. And then the show ends, and then it never came back. Yeah, what a fucking disaster. What, what a friggin' cliffhanger, the, man. The, other, the, the show that, however, I think succeeded in every conceivable level, you'll never see another cartoon show like this again, especially in terms of comic book adaptations is The Max. Mm, a lot of people uh, in the comment section talking about The if Max. If you have not watched The Max, go on YouTube and watch them all. <laughs> yeah, because you uh, can. Or MTV. I think MTV.com has all the episodes in their higher res. Uh, that show was... Like, Sam Keith, I think, is quoted in saying something like, I had more creative control on that show than I had any right to. <laughs> and he basically was just... there. They would come to him and say, like, do you, do you want us to just do this? And he goes, you don't have to do the whole book. Like, you don't have to do the pages. Like, no, that's what we want to do. And <laughs> they brought that comic book to life. That's, like, that is... People talk about, like, Scott Pilgrim being a comic book come to life. No, the Max is a comic book come to life. Because they just didn't care. Because they're like, we'll just do it page for page. Page for page, but moving. Like, you see the same Sam Keith art, but in motion. Perfect voice cast amazing uh depth and uh and and reach uh the the animation of course is great the art's of course fantastic because if you like the car- the art for the cartoon or for the comic then that's the art from the fucking cartoon yeah um, and the fact that it was also like forgivably short and does a does a better job of ending the max than the max ever did because it nice. ends before the show or before the comic ends but ends on a way stronger note than that comic book did that's good. It's so great. So satisfying. I think there's only like, it's a short run. You can watch the whole damn thing in like one one or two days. And uh, if you ever were like, man, the Max was cool, but it really disappointed me. Just watch the show. And it's I, like I, you I, did. I remember, I can remember being a kid with insomnia, staying up late at night, watching MTV's that. And watching yeah, yeah, and watching The Head. Remember yeah. The Head? The Head was the other show. Well, Aeon Flux, The Head, and The Max. Uh, the Head was an amazing show that I didn't want to watch because I was like, this is getting in the way of the Max. Really incredible show. Really, really yeah. bizarre, trying new things and really telling very, a new story. Very ahead of its time. I think if that show came out now in the age of like... Oh, Netflix, huge. It's, it, it, in the, it, it, it could be the next BoJack Horseman. Oh my God. Yeah, in the age of... In the in a world where BoJack Horseman, uh, Rick and Morty, uh, even Gravity Falls to that respect, like it's a, it's a damn good show and it would have found an audience. Especially on, on on Adult Swim, MTV was MTV was like playing with the idea of one day being Adult Swim. Couldn't couldn't quite hack it. Couldn't get there yet. They they were Adult Swim Mark One. Similarly, by the way, like because yeah, like look at the MTV cartoons like Beavis and Butthead, Daria, and the Oddities. Uh, Daria's another show close. Daria, which is a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead, and a lot of people don't remember it's that. True, it's true. Uh, I think Daria's a better show than Beavis and Butthead. That said, I. Didn't appreciate it when I was a kid. When I got to be an adolescent and watched it again, I was like, this is pretty fucking That's wild. when you need to watch Daria. If, if it was up to me, I would hand every 
every teenager in high school a box set of Dari and say, watch this. Well, and hey, if you were born after, like, 2000 or, or around, like, the late 90s, and you want to know what it was like to be a teenager in my graduating class... It's a time capsule. <laughs> ...then watch Daria. Especially bootlegged, because all the music was ripped for the aftermarket because they didn't have the rights because MTV's oh. like we have the rights to play anything we want but aftermarket we don't have the rights to play that, that the the music in like we can't sell this music it's not our music to sell uh, I hate it when that happens happened with the Quantum Leap too Quantum Leap has amazing soundtrack but can't sell the music so some of their <laughs> that music has to get ripped from the from the DVD which is totally bullshit oh oh god someone in the chat just brought up Duckman and the Oblongs yeah, yeah another more show more yeah. shows that were adult swim before adult swim. Yeah, Jason, time. Jason Alexander, man, in that show. Yeah, and again, right? another one where Tim Curry played the villain. Yes. Amazing. King Chicken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we could go on and on. I mean, like, yeah. So anyway, we've been going on for an hour and a half. This is longer than the weekly poll usually goes on for. So let's. Uh, <laughs> let's oh, w w w one last weird one. One last it. weird one. And yeah. I bet I can out weird people. Okay. So we all know the Wayans brothers, right? Oh, yeah. They had a show called Wayne Head, and it was about a kid. Basically, it's like they were toying around with doing like the Cosby, or you know, uh, doing like Fat Albert. Yes, and everything. I remember but that show. But here's the thing: the kid had a club foot. Is the thing, and I never realized it until I was older that that's what his deal was. Yeah. And I'm like, man, if they made that show today, it would be trumpeted as being like, you know, oh, so progressive and so transcendent. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, wow, here was a show about a kid. In a low-income neighborhood right. with like a physical disability, yeah, and we all just like yeah, and we're just and, and no one had anything to say, but like yeah, there was nobody like freaking out about being PC or about it being like a, you know just, just pandering or anything like that. Nor was anybody like, well, yeah. no one will believe that this child with this disability can possibly succeed. Like no, it was just a show. Like it's. A it's hard to believe thinking back on that now where I'm just like, man, that was a show that existed. Yeah, we had that. Yeah. We, we, de it was, uh, the funny thing is today you think about like Saturday morning cartoons or cartoons. Which is dead now for kids nowadays because you can just watch it anytime on yeah, your pad or on your DVR. It's, it's, it's definitely the end of an era. I'm kind of glad that Saturday morning cartoons aren't limping along anymore. Mm. Uh, because it, it was sad is, there for a bit. Well, and the fact is, like, the the idea of waiting for something and, you know, having to, you know, sit around and like, get your schedules in line or missing an episode. It totally was for me because I had to switch back and forth between Warner Brothers and Fox because I wanted to watch exactly, them all. Exactly, same here. <clears throat> um, especially in the 80s, you know, CBS, NBC, Fox, Warner Brothers, like they all are, in my case, WPIX. Uh, everybody had something different, and I just had to keep channel surfing to catch everything. Uh, it, it wouldn't, it doesn't translate to today's to today's climate. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's worse. Uh, I can imagine in today's world having to wait or having to mm. schedule around a show. No, f that. Like not when today's technology allows me to do it. Like we're definitely in a new and different age. I don't think it's better or worse, but it is objectively more convenient. And mm. so I'm, 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 I'm kind of happy it's, it's, it's over that it happened. I'm glad it, I'm glad it occurred, but I'm glad that we're, we're in a new place now. Weep not that it is gone, but yeah. rejoice that it happened. Exactly. And if, you know, I think that nostalgia also helps 
in a big bad way when it comes to some oh absolutely uh, and and that experience in general because it's not just you know if if you just couch it in i watched these shows then you know you you grew up on a lot of like plastic commercials and sugary cereal commercials and it's true. the fact is like having those experiences and being a youth or a, or, or a young adolescent and growing up during that period and, and all the other experience, all the ancillary things that you tie those memories to, that's oh, what yeah. makes it really special and, and, and unique. And, oh, jeez, the chat's right. We didn't talk about anything from Cartoon Network. No, we didn't even touch Cartoon Network. Network is a, it's a fucking network dedicated to cartoons. We could talk about that till the sun comes up. Dude, Powerpuff that, Girls and Ed and Andy yeah. and Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo, man. Uh, let me tell you, like, I think... That because we, A, were all over the place, and B, uh, it tackled a, an epic topic, we may need to revisit this in the future. T tell you what, Cartoon Network is its own episode, and I know we were saying, too, that we're going to have to come back, because this is a big nostalgia episode. We're going to have to talk about the cartoons today, because i got to say, there's a really interesting kind of resurgence happening in animation and animation for adults. There's some cool stuff happening now. Well, and I think that that has everything to do with the fact that People our age are now in those jobs. Yeah. So you're getting those kinds of things. Let's uh, make it like we remember. Yeah, exactly. I want the thing I like. And so, yeah, I mean, like, the, the fact that Gravity Falls and Rick and Morty exist, those Steven shows, Universe like, this too. is for me. Like, these yeah. people are, like, have the same sense of humor as me. And, they get it. And when they talk, when you, when you read or watch interviews with... Alex Hirsch or Justin Roiland and they talk about the shows they watched, you're like, oh, yeah, right. We're the same freaking age. Like, we, yeah. yeah, no kidding. Like, I would make the same show. Uh, <clears throat> only probably not because they're a lot better at, be, at, at creating an <laughs> original uh, idea than I am. But, uh, but yeah, I like that idea. I definitely, we, we got to do a Cartoon Network episode and we got to do a Nicktoons episode. Especially Nicktoons, especially now because they're going to launch a whole channel, which is nothing but their 90s I shows. I think that when Nickelodeon launches the channel, we'll have to do an episode where we just talk about classic Nickelodeon. Rugrats, Hey Arnold, Rocco's Postmodern Life, yep. freaking oh all God. that stuff. Uh, and even the live stuff, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Pelosi Explains It All, uh, Legend, uh, all Legend all of the Temple, all that, Guts, everything that... And by the way, objectively, I watched, I, I'm, I watched some of those. They're still great. And when I say they, I mean like the, 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 the game shows. Guts is still great. Hit Legend of the Hidden Temple is a show that needs to come back. Nick Arcade didn't really quite stand the test of time. Now, see, over in Canada, we didn't get a lot of the those. Like, we kind of got our Nickelodeon cut up because we weren't allowed to have Nickelodeon for the longest time. So we, like, just a couple shows would seep through. Ooh. We have it now, but it's the pared-down Canadian Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what's funny? I have a very similar experience because when I grew up, I lived in the forest, and there was no way for cable to come to us. Oh, so no. when I would go down the shore and stay down there, we got cable. So I got Nickelodeon. I grew up a Nickelodeon one month, one summer at a time. <laughs> nice. So, well, see, yeah. here's the thing. I'll, I'll actually reveal this. So uh, in Canada for the longest time, we couldn't legally actually get Cartoon Network is the thing. But if you, if you knew a guy who knew a guy oh, yeah. and you slipped him a couple bucks... He'd mess with your satellite so you could get the American stuff like Cartoon Network. So for much of my youth, I was enjoying pirated Cartoon Network. That's amazing. And then, and then the Canadian companies just cut down on that. It was a major crackdown. They're like, no, no, you can't have any of that. 
And then I went to like Florida one year for a family vacation and I rediscovered Cartoon Network oh. on American TV. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. Nothing against Teletoon. Teletoon is like the Canadian answer to Cartoon Network. Okay. And it's and it's all right. And they got a lot of the same shows. Yeah. But it wasn't the same. I'll say my uh, we we have a, we very much have a culture exchange. I never got into Degrassi. Neither did I. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I'm Canadian. I'm just like, nothing. I, I'm imagining you discovered Degrassi because Kevin Smith. Uh, actually, no. Uh, Degrassi came before Kevin Smith, but I was just, I was like, I don't give a fuck about these Canadian kids. and <laughs> These Canadian teens with their Canadian problems, yeah. eh? Oh, it was, the same, it was the same problems. It was just like, yeah, I remember this when it was called Save by the Bell. Uh, <laughs> or, um, or 21 Jump Street. Or uh, uh, welcome freshman, you know, like uh, mm. yeah, I had my own avenue. Although, as I understand it, twenty uh, Degrassi did manage to like really hit on some hard hitting issues and and be it did. kind of subversive. I was like, that's cool. I just don't, you know. And now, if I watched old episodes of De Degrassi Junior High, I'd be a creep. It's true. <laughs> be it's an true. old man. Yeah. Oh, what's Caitlin gonna do? Like, All these teens with their problems. With their problems. Yeah. As it stood, like reading Ultimate Spider-Man as an adult, I was like, "These these kids are having some serious shit." I'm worried about it's them, true. but at the same time, I'm like, "I'm an adult. I can't worry about this." Shit. Yeah, well, how, that's how I feel reading Miss Marvel, where it's like, "Man, Kamala's got so many problems with high school right now, but I am riveted by all of it." Is it? Not, yeah, I'm riveted, and I also have the solutions to all your problems. Yeah, you you grow up and get over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's get the context. Yeah, yeah, geez, if you, if you could just write yourself into the story and shake the characters and be like, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. Life doesn't end at high school. I mean, even then, like, I, you know, I would love to see a Gotham Academy in the Marvel Universe. Mm. Like a show where they're like, oh my God, I can't believe. And some kid being like, Galactus could eat the planet at any at moment. At any moment. <laughs> like, there's literally an, a beast that lives in the cosmos that eats worlds. Planets. Like, he has to. It's yeah, his he can't stop. And the universe has a consciousness and needs him to exist. The universe wants us to die. Did you know somewhere else in the multiverse, there's a place that it's kind of like us, but it started in 2000 and everything's slightly trendier, but people stay dead over there? Yeah, could that... That's, that's a book. That's a pitch. Holy crap. I'm going to call a couple of contacts of mine. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. So thank you very much for everybody in the chat right now. Thank you for watching after the fact. We'll hopefully be able to do this again in the future. Uh, and thank you to our weekly poll fans who decided to stick around and watch us talk about cartoons for a while. Yeah, uh, I, I had a killer time with this. I know when we suggested this last week, I'm like, oh, we got to do cartoons. this. Yeah, we'll have to. I we'll could talk about similar. this shit forever. And we'll have to talk about a similar, like, you know, I mean, obviously we're geek centric. So we talked about. Uh, movies and science fiction last week, cartoons this week. Who knows what'll be next week? But it will definitely have like a topic or a theme. I, I'd on. say we would have talk about video games, but I think we might have to tag Tiffany in there for that one because you don't have a, a have, modern console. You've been saying I do not. I do not have the modern uh, video game mindset. My video game knowledge and experience stops around 1999. So nice. I mean, I played like I played you know, like I like a I played Codbo. You know what I mean? Like or GTA Five. But like, who doesn't? But, uh, yeah, we'll have to do that in the future because I think Tiffany would love to tap in. Uh, I, I imagine she's further along in The Witcher than I am because I've been trying to build up Cape Jewel, which you should all totally check out. I have not been able to play any Witcher, and it's so sad. I'm still in the second area. That's how big that game is. She, uh, actually, she bought Witcher 3, 
but never finished Witcher 2, so she's got or never played it, so she's like, I gotta play Witcher 2 before I play Witcher 3. So she's actually not playing Witcher 3 and is playing through Witcher 2, so she could get to it. Witcher 3 is a job. Which playing Witcher 3 is like having another job, honestly. That, that's how immersive it is. It's like you are a Witcher. Go brew a potion to put it on your sword so you can go kill the monster. I will say she is also starting up Dragon Age Origins, so. Oh, see, see, okay, I played the first two of those in preparation for Inquisition, the newest one. Oh, cool. I, I, I never bought Inquisition. Because, like, I was so burned out after playing the first two. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good on fantasy RPGs for a little bit. Right. And now the DLC is out for Inquisition. Oh, crap. Uh, so, yeah, probably video games, something like that. We'll see what happens. And I uh, just want to let guys know in the chat uh, two things about what's happening over on Comic Pop. The first of which is we launched a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash comic pop, you can just check it out and see what kind of rewards we got. See if it's something for you. Uh, and the other thing is that Ben and I are going to be in Harrison, New York... At All Yeah Comics' inaugural opening of their second store, thanks nice. to SUNY Purchase, our friends over at the comic book club there, have asked us to be there, so Ben and I are going to be attending. After 4 p.m., not sure what quite what time it is going to be, but I'll let you know in the comment section down below this video. And also, I'm going to tweet it out on October 2nd. That's a Friday, um, two Fridays from now. We'll see you guys hopefully there in Harrison, New York. We're going to be there uh, at All Yeah Comics, kind of doing a little, uh, little, little two-man show. So hopefully you guys see you there. Uh, Joel, what do you got going on over on Comic Book Cast and also over on Kate Joel? Uh, well, obviously on Comic Book Cast, tomorrow is Wednesday, which means we will be flushed with the biggest, newest reviews for your viewing pleasure. October is coming up. You know, The Flash is coming back, and I get the feeling that you might be getting a new uh, Comic Clash very soon, maybe a Speedster-themed one of those. Also, because it's October, we're going to be bringing back Comic Book Cast riffs, and because Goosebumps the movie is coming out, we're going to be doing a whole R.L. Stein-themed oh, month. Cool. I I've picked out some choice episodes for us to do, because that's my job. I get to pick the episodes. Oh, cool. I picked some choice ones. I think everyone's really going to like that. Uh, over on Cape Joel, I put out a new video every week this week. I have my review of the new episode of Gotham. I have my new review of the newest episode of Rick and Morty over there. Cool. Um, I will, just my six degrees separation from R.L. Stein. My, uh, uh, my childhood best friend's father painted, hand-painted, almost all the covers for the Fierce oh, novels. Dude. And if you are a collector... There are maybe one or two novels that I'm on the cover of. Amazing. I don't. I never committed to memory. I never really cared enough back then. I always took it for granted. Oh, of course, everyone's parent is, of course, involved in some kind of culturally significant, <laughs> uh, awesome thing, right? No. Uh, so yeah, if you catch that, I if you find me or if you think it's me, if it, and it's before 1996 or whatever, it's probably me. Great. Uh, now you're gonna have a bunch of fans digging through and trying to find streets. those covers. I, that's yeah. You you caught my 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 plan. I do, I want them to find it because I don't know what issue. It was. Go my fan army. Yeah, please find me because I don't know if it's me or not. Um, but uh, yeah. Also, okay, where's Waldo? It's where Sal. Yeah, where's Sal? What what Fear Street story did I die in? Um, and uh, of course as always don't forget to stop by theweeklypull.net for reviews and all of our videos and also the weekly polls boards uh, message boards we're there we're chatting it up we're always uh, checking in seeing what you guys are up to and uh, we'll see you guys next time with an all new episode of whatever we're doing here I'm Sal and this is Joel thank you guys we'll see you next time bye bye <laughs>